You're listening to the CXMH Podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Robert Vore. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, on this spooky Halloween day, <laughs> my co-host, Dr. Holly Oxhandler. Holly, how are you today? Hey, Robert. I'm doing pretty good. I am enjoying that it's Halloween today, even if yeah. it looks a little bit different than usual. Yeah. So what about yeah. you? How are you doing? I am good as well. Yeah, I know we are recording this actually li- literally on Halloween. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So our listeners are going to be like, Halloween's over, but that's fine. It's not for us. That's uh, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying <laughs> it. Uh, I know we've we've talked before on the show about how much I love fall and just like the mm-hmm. next couple, the next handful of of months. I particularly love Christmas time. Uh, mm-hmm. Even just like the other day, I. I very, I very much considered putting on some Christmas music in the car. I was uh-huh. like, you know I just love like it feels a little more jolly or whatever. Like obviously that's not like a you know everybody feels the same way or whatever. But just mm-hmm. I love that time of year. There's lights and stuff. So just from now until the end of the year mm-hmm. uh, is, is my favorite time, and particularly when it actually starts feeling cool and whatnot. So oh my gosh, I know. I know, I know. that you know right after this comes out, hopefully we will somewhat quickly move out of election season mm. uh, and so that will be good and mm-hmm. you know i just i'm feeling good hopefully i don't know That's we'll good. feel like we're on the upswing maybe but i don't want to put that in the universe and maybe it jinxes it so <laughs> too late i guess no 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 it's fine we're taking this one day at a time but yeah. i do love i love your enthusiasm and joy around the upcoming holidays and just feeling that sense of you know yeah, just that kickoff with some some fun things that are on the horizon instead of this like we are just in this continual like I don't know. It's yeah. it's nice to have some things to be looking forward to right now. So, yeah. I hear yeah. that. That's really yeah. good. Well, yeah, and you I mean, you had just noted a moment ago too. I know this episode will come out right before the election and so I actually had well, two things I want to know. First of all, for our listeners who didn't get to listen to the episode that we did a couple of weeks back on how to care for yourself through the election season, I would definitely mm-hmm. want to re-elevate that. I think that's really important this week and that we're um, finding ways to take good care of ourselves this week in whatever way that looks like. But I do want to ask you, like, how what, what are you planning to do this week, if anything at all, to take good care of yourself? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I love that you referenced back to that episode because I do think even beyond election season, I think the things yeah. we talked about in that are going to be good, right? And so yeah. folks definitely can, can give that a listen. But I think a lot of those things that we talked about in terms of uh, being the correct amount of informed, not like constantly, especially, so I even, I had kind of an internal debate about election day itself Tuesday right like Mm -hmm. do I I normally see clients on Tuesday should I like block that day off and Mm -hmm. I landed on like no I'm not because it's gonna do me no benefit to like sit and stare at my tv all day long Mm. in like you know whatever anxious state of terribleness and so I thought I'm gonna see clients I I enjoy Mm. seeing clients it's it genuinely is helpful for me to like step into other people's spaces for those time periods. And mm-hmm. plus, obviously, I think clients, you know, if you need therapy that day, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. Like, be there for that. And so um, I think keeping busy that day with things that like I cannot do halfway, right? Like I can't mm-hmm. check my phone while also 
doing therapy, right? And so I think that's going to be helpful, particularly that day, uh, mm-hmm. just to focus on, again, like we talked about in that episode, right? Like the things that I can control, the things right in front of me. Yeah. I've done my part. And, you know, if you're someone who says like, hey, I, I am volunteering as a poll worker or, you know, giving mm-hmm. rides. I know there's, there's places around here that like you can call a number and get a ride to a polling place if you need to. Like if you're doing stuff like that, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But just sitting and like looking at results all day, especially knowing they're not going to come in all day, obviously, like you're not going to know. And even this year with the fact that like they may not, you'll probably go to bed not knowing, uh, Mm -hmm. I think is okay to say like, hey, I'm going to kind of check in once in a while, but I'm not going to, you know, sit there and get kind of a constant feed of things because I don't know that that's going to help for me who like that's not part of my job, right? I'm not reporting on it or whatever. So uh, I'll, I'll check it every now and again, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's good. I mean, I love that how you are discerning, you know, for you what is best, um, particularly for this upcoming week and deciding for you, yes, I am going to see clients, you know, and continue to do that because I have heard from folks who are saying like, no, I'm I'm going to take all day Wednesday off. Or some people have been saying like, you know, yep, I already have my appointment scheduled with my therapist on Wednesday or um, yeah, yeah. seriously. I mean, it's it's yeah. really, it's it's so neat and interesting to see how folks are navigating this. But what I love about it is that there's an intentionality behind it. And it's not right. just, I'm just going to fly through the week as if everything's usual because this week is not going to be usual. And so having right. some intentionality, I think, is really important. So yeah. while you're saying, you know, Wednesday, you'll see clients, I, or or Tuesday, I actually have Wednesday blocked off. So I'm yeah. going to use, just because knowing me and how I navigate through emotions, um, I won't be spending the day like regularly checking things, but I know I need space to move through my emotions. And so carving out some space to... Um, to feel the emotions, to be with them, to practice some yoga and centering prayer, just so that I don't continue to operate and carry the emotions without processing them yeah. is important for me. So yeah. I'm glad you're, you know, you've kind of thought through that. I'd love to hear what our listeners are doing this week to care for them. I definitely, the social worker in me wants to reiterate, if you have not voted yet, Um, This episode will come out on Monday. Please go vote on Tuesday. Your voice matters and we and and needs to be a part of this voting process. So please, Mm. please, please go vote. You really we we need your voice in this mix. So, yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. glad that you, you shared because I was I was obviously as we often do I was gonna flip the question back on you and you you went ahead for it so I love look that. at that love to hear from you. yeah <laughs> oh, I love that so yeah so I mean today I mean I'll also note to our our listeners that I'm actually this morning I've been working on my newsletter that'll come out I guess the day that this this comes out so so hopefully folks have already signed up and if not you'll get to sign up <laughs> later but. Um, so yeah, there's that, but anything else that's going on for you or any other updates to share? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, I know there's been some interest, like you and I recorded a podcast, you and I were guests on a podcast, uh, this week that was really fun. So when that obviously comes out, we will, we will make sure to share that. Yeah. And then I know, uh, you know, hopefully everybody's staying safe. I know there's been a lot of weather, I guess, 
that always sounds so dumb yeah. because there's consistently weather, right? Um, right. <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, different than normal weather, right? Yes. Like I know in Atlanta, there's still, I think like 3 million people that don't have power, oh even though gosh. it was like, like Thursday, like the Wednesday to Thursday was the, like when the storms came through. Mm-hmm. So like Thursday, I, I got to hang out all day unexpectedly with Gray because his daycare called and said, Hey, there's, there's no power here. So we're closed. Wow. So I got to a bonus day on Thursday to, to hang out, which was unexpected, but ended up being really awesome. Um, yeah. and fun. So it just, you know, it, it feels like still a lot of like, oh, we're kind of just winging it, right? Like I was supposed mm. to record something else that day. And mm-hmm. that person was like really graceful with me, even though I had to cancel like literally last minute uh, mm. because I got that call last minute, right? And so yeah. it still feels like, you know, we're all in this space of like, hey, we're all just winging it. Everybody's like being pretty understanding about that. And I hope that that continues yeah. even when we get back to quote unquote yeah. normal, right? Like, I don't know. I just have this sense of everyone's like recognition of like, oh, everybody is is kind of doing their best. Like that's what that's where we all are, mm-hmm. pandemic or not. I I think that's like always the case, and obviously mm-hmm. kind of more so now. But like, I don't know. It's it's interesting how much less pressure it seems like there are in some interactions like that. You know, where you're like, mm-hmm. well, hey, there's no way I could have done anything about this. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you have that same sense. But. No, absolutely. In fact, actually, Baylor had asked me to do a Q&A this week that just came out a couple of days ago. And a lot of exactly what you're saying is what I had actually included in my responses and talking about how amazing it's been to see, especially within the Baylor community, how many, you know, how much grace has been extended to one another and to ourselves and you know, recognizing we're all doing the very best we can and that, you know, we really can't operate as usual because things are not usual right now. And so, yeah, so I, I totally am with you on that. And it's it has been pretty remarkable to see how we've been just navigating this together and, and extending grace and um, patience and and being vulnerable with one another and honest through how difficult this has been rather than just the yeah. the typical like, you know, how are you? I'm great. How are you? And deep down, you're like, I'm not great right now. <laughs> yeah. um, it's been nice to see how folks are setting down that extra effort to pretend that everything's okay and just being honest in spaces that – you know, I think we've, especially in the mental health field where we've been, you know, that's that's what we're hoping for is for folks to be their full selves and honest in situations. But it's nice yeah. to see in some ways how that's been coming out through this. So yeah, that's awesome. anyways, and I guess that's a nice little, maybe, I don't know how awkward of a segue <laughs> that is <laughs> into this week's discussion, but I'm super excited for our audience to get to hear um, your talk that was at the Church Mental Health Summit. I know last week we had elevated the one that I did on self-care for helpers. And this week we're going to get to hear you talk about talking yeah. about mental health, having conversations that facilitate healing and promote resilience. And it's such a, it's a great, I, it's a great title. title. So like, I love it. Schmancy pants. That's it. it No, it's great. But it's it was such a great conversation or such a great presentation. I mean, I'm 
I know I got to see it live um, during the Church Mental Health Summit, and and it was so fun to see you kind of talk through this content. But I'd love to hear from your perspective if you want to give like a little bit of an overview for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this stems from, I know it's called talking about mental health, right? And it kind of uh, circles around conversations. Um, but the, the basic premise stems from, and I know you've heard a bunch about this over the years from me, um, this like bigger idea I have around how often people ask me, particularly faith leaders, right? Like, how do we help? Mm-hmm. in regards to mental health, right? And and it took me a while to like get behind that and say, what do we mean by help? And then how do we do that? And so it's been this kind of thing that I've been thinking around for, for years now and mm-hmm. kind of come out from different angles. But the basic premise is like how we show up in moments where people have what, what I kind of talk about as like moments of vulnerability, right? Like where they open up about something that is scary right that involves some risk and and obviously in this talk we're talking about things that have to do with mental health but even mm-hmm. if not right if someone says hey i'm really going through this thing it's hard how we show up to that moment largely impacts like how our communities at large and also obviously like how individuals experience us as safe places as places that do uh, promote uh, resilience and healing and mm-hmm. things like that Mm-hmm. And so I try to kind of strike this balance of like explaining some of that theory from like a, a zoomed out perspective, but also mm-hmm. being really practical, right? Like, because I don't want it to be all kind of theoretical. I also want it to be like, hey, how do I be mm-hmm. more comfortable in having those conversations, right? So there's a lot of practical things in there as well. Mm-hmm. Is that what you got from it? Hopefully that's yeah. what you got from no, it. No, that's exactly what I got from it. I mean, that's exactly what I got from it. It definitely had a balance of the theoretical and the practical. I love some of the quotes that you offered the listeners too throughout this that I think were really, I mean, I mean, you had great quotes, just you yourself, but then <laughs> but then some of these quotes that you elevated to really kind of drive home the point that you were trying to make was just, they were so good. So I, yeah, I thought it had a nice balance between the two. And I think it's relevant not only for faith leaders, but as you noted, for a lot of folks in a lot of different spaces in thinking yeah. about how to to help folks well through through d- these types of conversations. So well, good. Yeah, I really liked it. I'm excited for our listeners to get to hear this one too. So yeah. well, thank you. I'm glad that that obviously you you enjoyed it and got what mm-hmm. I wanted you to get out of mm-hmm. it, and you know that you are that excited for our listeners to hear it too. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Here is Robert's talk from the Church Mental Health Summit, um, talking about mental health, having conversations that facilitate healing and promote resilience. Enjoy y'all. All right, welcome to this session here at the Church Mental Health Summit. My name is Robert Vore and I'm really excited to share a little bit with you today. I do want to start by thanking Laura for all the hard work that she's put in to make all this happen. It's a really incredible chance to learn from just a ton of people who I admire and love and so Um, I'm just honored to to also be a part of it, right? Um, So my name is Robert Vore, like I said. I'm a therapist in the Atlanta area. I work primarily with adolescents and young adults. Um, I also uh, have kind of some specialty areas around anxiety, uh, suicidality, things like that. And I do a lot of um, consulting for like doing trainings for 
um, church staffs, things like that, youth groups, uh, private schools, things like that around mental health and how we kind of infuse faith and mental health together, right? Um, I'm also the host of CXMH podcast, which is a podcast that talks about faith and mental health. My co-host, Dr. Holly Oxhandler, is also presenting here at the summit uh, in the next couple of days, so make sure that you check out hers as well. Um, before I shifted into all of that in, from kind of a professional stance, um, I worked at a number of college ministries and uh, taught some middle school, high school, and there was like a relational ministry aspect to that as well. And before any of that, I'm someone that has walked my whole life uh, with lived experience in things like anxiety, depression, suicidality, ADHD, right? And so uh, I say all that to say that when I when I talk about these things, it's not just from kind of one aspect, um, but it's from kind of all these aspects of having worked in ministry, having lived these things myself, and then now having kind of the clinical side and trying to to bridge all those the, those different areas together and see how we can we can do that. Um, so just, you know, so you know where I'm coming from with that. So today we're going to talk about um, having conversations, which seems like a really basic thing, but I think one of the questions that I get asked the most by faith leaders is how do we help, right? Okay, say you're coming into this and you're already convinced, okay, mental health is an important thing as a faith leader that I need to speak to uh, be aware of, acknowledge, things like that, right? Which if you've signed up for this and you're watching all these videos, my guess is probably that you, you agree with that already. Uh, I actually cut out the first chunk of this, which was why is this important, right? Because I'm kind of assuming that we're all coming from a baseline of like, yes, this is important. Um, but the, the question, how do we help, is a hard one because we have to kind of dig underneath it and say, what do we mean by that, right? And so uh, I think when we talk about how we have conversations around mental health around hard topics? How do we how do we have conversations with people who are in pain, who are hurting, who are struggling with things, right? Uh, what, what we kind of mean by that, right, is like in those moments, in these kind of like moments where people are extending vulnerability to me, how do I facilitate healing and promote resilience, right? Like how do I, how do I do those two things and how do I do them well? And so I think how we have conversations uh, is, is critical to that. And so that's why I focused a lot on that. Um, so we're going to kind of get into it here with everybody's favorite, uh, some PowerPoint slides. Um, so obviously step one, right, is we have to open the door, right? And and what I mean by this is just that it's, it's very hard for people to go beyond uh, the perceived boundaries of a given context, right? If you and I are friends and we've only ever talked about surface level things, we've never talked about anything serious, it's hard for me to be the one that, that kind of breaks that boundary and says, okay, I'm going to be the one that like goes deeper here, right? And especially in a context where there are people who are leaders, right, either formal or informal, right, like I'm a, a leader in a church, either by title or just because I'm somebody who is very visible, who has been here for a long time, who uh, volunteers in a number of ways, right, but if I'm a, a faith leader in that context, then I'm one of the ones who stewards kind of the power of shaping what that looks like, right, and so for for you to be the one that opens the door and says, yes, we can talk about these things. These are uh, areas of our lives that we can be vulnerable about. These are topics that like are open for discussion. 
is going to be really important, right? Uh, just to speak to the fact that like, if you're expecting your, uh, the people you're leading to be the ones to kind of bridge that, that broach that uh, gap first, right? Like, Hey, I'm, they're going to bring it up to me if they need to, right? Like I don't have to do anything. I would say we should rethink that a little bit, right? And say, Hey, I'm the one that kind of controls what a lot of this, or at least steers what a lot of this looks like and what the, the perceived boundaries of this relationship, this community are what those boundaries are. And so I need to be aware of that. Right. And so opening the door to these conversations, right now, if you're going to do that, you're going to want to do that well. And so get your bearings. Right. And by this, I mean, if you say, Hey, I'm going to start talking about mental health. Uh, I really want to bring it up, things like that. Then you should, you shouldn't do that kind of just flippantly, right? Like you should know kind of how, how to talk about that well. And I don't mean like you need to be the most professional, whatever, whatever, like you don't have to go get a master's degree in counseling or social work or anything like that unless you really want to, right? But things like this, right, where you're attending trainings, um, you are reading some books, right? There's, there's a bunch of good books. Uh, if I, if I had a bunch of time, I would like pull a bunch of books off the shelf behind me, but there's a bunch of books by people who are kind of bridging this gap, right? And so, um, how do we like poke around websites, things like that, uh, so that I at least kind of understand the conversation and and know what I'm talking about, right? We see, I think, probably too too much of people uh, these days just jumping into a conversation without having done any kind of preparation, any kind of research. And I would say, again, I'm not saying, you know, go spend 60 hours a week uh, digging into mental health unless you really feel like that's what you're supposed to do, but at least poking around some mental health websites, things like that, getting, getting some bearings um, is probably going to be pretty helpful to like speaking to that well, right? And then one of the easiest ways to do this is make it something you see. So if you're on social media, right, which most of us are now anyway, uh, just kind of as a function of running the church Facebook or Instagram or whatever, right? Like if you're on those places, follow some mental health professionals, follow um, some mental health organizations, some national ones, right? Follow some local ones, uh, go to those websites and sign up for their newsletters so that it, it pops in right to your, to your inbox. And again, I'm not saying that every single time I scroll through and I see a mental health article, I have to read it, but at least then it's still kind of top of mind. And I'm not kind of having to go seek out mental health information every time I need to. I can just say, oh, look, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm reading an article about if I'm a youth pastor, youth mental health every, once a week or whatever, right? I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of know what's happening there, trends, things like that, right? Um, are some, some good ways to, to kind of um, make it something that you're more familiar with. And it's not kind of this whole weird extra topic that like, oh, I have to go all the way over there. And it's kind of scary to like get in there, right? But hey, I, I see this pretty often. And so I'm, I'm a little more comfortable in that space, right? So if we're going to do that, open the door, things like that, talk about it, right? Um, one really important way of doing that is that you can go first, right? Now, to be really clear, uh, not everyone has had a diagnosis, and I'm not saying like invent that you've had a diagnosis with something, right? But you have you felt lonely, you felt sad, you felt afraid or, or pained or abandoned or hopeless or angry or confused or overwhelmed or stuck or you've had doubt, right? Like we've all experienced those things. That's the human 
experience. And so speaking to those things in a vulnerable way and being honest about them as opposed to, uh, hey, everything's always all great no matter what, opens the door for other people to, to kind of take that baton and say like, oh, yes, hey, you mentioned this. Yeah, I've been, I've been going through that a lot recently, right? Um, it's what John Acuff calls the gift of going second, right? You don't have to be the one that first ever brings up uh, feeling a ton of anxiety right now, right, with everything happening, right? You've, you talked about that from the stage, and therefore that allowed me to, to come to you and say, hey, remember you talked about that? Yeah, me too, right? It's way easier to say that than to be the first one that talks about it, right? Now, it is important um, when we talk about going first, right, sharing our own experiences, that we pull apart kind of the differences between being descriptive and prescriptive, right? And so what I mean by that is if you share your story and you say, I used to be super anxious all the time, and then I started praying this one prayer and eating only kale salads, and now I have no anxiety. You need to be sure that that's phrased in a way that is descriptive of your experience and not prescriptive in the sense that, hey, all you need to do is pray this one prayer and eat kale salads, right? And your anxiety will be gone. Because what that does is that's not going to help a ton of people, right? Like it might help them a little, but there's, there's a bunch of people for which that is not going to be the solution. And then they're going to feel worse because the thing that should have helped did not, right? And that brings a lot of guilt and shame of like, there's something uniquely wrong with me. And so when you, when you share your own experiences, we want to make sure that we're being pres uh, descriptive, not prescriptive, right? Okay. So if we open those doors, that means that people are going to walk through, right? Hopefully, if we've done it well. And we need to make sure then that, that we're prepared for having those conversations and how we have them uh, so that we're not just kind of throwing open the doors and saying, hey, everyone come talk to me about mental health or, or whatever's happening. And when they do, I'm caught totally off guard and I have no idea what to do with that, right? And so one thing we want to remember here is that experience changes experience, right? And what that means is no matter how much you say upfront hey, this is a safe place for you to be vulnerable and talk about these things and whatnot, that what is going to convince people that that's true is if they have experienced themselves or other people doing that, being vulnerable, talking about those things, and it being safe within the context of your community, right? So if you say, hey, how come nobody's coming and talking to me about their hard things? But last, last time someone came and said, hey, I've already been struggling with depression. You said, oh, that's just a sin issue. That's really terrible. Make sure you just go pray and then you should really, it should all go away. That experience doesn't match what you've said. And so the experience matters more, right? So experience changes experience. And I say that because we're going to focus in terms of having conversations, we're going to focus less on what we say and like the specifics, although we're going to touch on some of that, but we're going to focus a lot on who we are, right? Like how we show up to that, those, those moments. Uh, and this is a, a quote from a professor of mine actually in grad school who wrote a book and she says that all relationships exist in states of being rather than doing. And what we do in the relationship flows out of who we are with each other. So when we think about how do I uh, have these conversations, how do I uh, help in the sense of how is my presence uh, facilitating healing and promoting resilience, what we want to make sure is I'm focusing on, on how I'm showing up and then what I do is going to flow out of that, right? So 
there's three kind of main things, right? Because if we're, if our goal is to facilitate healing and promote resilience, and I know those are kind of big phrases, but I'm, that I want to be specific about that language because that's how I understand it. Uh, what we want to make sure that we're doing is creating safety for people and fostering connection. And we can do those within conversations or what, I, what I'm calling um, kind of these vulnerable moments where people say, hey, I'm, I'm opening up to you with my pain. Um, and that usually takes the form of conversations, but it can, it can, it doesn't always look like, Hey, let's sit down and have a conversation. Right. Um, but this is a, a quote from Dr. Bonnie Badnock, where if, if we're talking about how do I create safety for people? Um, what she points out here is neurobiology gives us a, a pretty particular definition of what creates safety for each other, um, interpersonally. And there's three core components here, and it's going to kind of be the framework for all, everything else that we talk about, right? But it's when we are truly present with another person with a non-judgmental presence that has no agenda except to be there. So present, non-judgmental, and no agenda except to be there, right? And that's going to kind of undergird all the kind of specifics that we talk about. Okay? So first, when we think about being present, uh, most basic things here, right, is listen. Uh, that sounds really basic, uh, but it really is the, the key component here, right? I, um, I knew a really wise woman one time who said that the first duty of love is to listen, right? If, I, if I'm not listening, then I don't know what you're going through. I don't know uh, where you're coming from, right? You don't feel heard. You don't feel valued, all those types of things, right? So we want to make sure that we're listening. One thing that I did forget to mention, um, I did, I should cop to this, right? Um, I gave a presentation at an event a couple months ago, and I guess a while ago now, since it was when we could do in-person events, uh, but they provided the backgrounds for all these slides, and I thought they were super cool, so I kept them. So, you know, just so no one thinks I completely stole them, I kind of did, but I just thought they were cool. Okay, so step two, we want to listen deep, right? And here's what I mean is that if I come to you and I say, hey, those nachos look really good, I could have said a bunch of different things, right? I could have said, visually, those nachos are appealing. I could have said, hey, I'm hungry. Could I have some? I could have said, hey, you said you were on a diet, and now here you are eating nachos, right? Like, there's, there's a lot of ways that I could have meant the phrase, those nachos look good, right? And so listening deep means I'm, I'm not just kind of listening at the, the surface level, I'm also listening. Uh, it's kind of the content level versus the process level. I'm also listening at how you're saying it, what's behind it, right? Things like that, um, so that I'm not just responding to the top level. And I also want to ask deep, right? And what this means is uh, if I say, hey, how are you doing? And you say, I'm, I'm good, how are you? I probably want to say, okay, how are you doing though, right? Because we all kind of give that quick answer, right? So I, uh, a couple years ago, I was, I was at an event doing some trainings and I saw someone who I hadn't seen. They'd been working in another country for the last year, right? And I said, hey, how's the last year been, right? Uh, knowing that, that it had been a little bit hard in terms of the ministry they were doing. And I, I specifically remember it, right? They said to me, they said, oh, it's good. It's, you know, it was, yeah, it was okay. It was, yeah. And I said, 
okay, you said three different answers there, right? So like, how was that, right? And so being willing to kind of go beyond if obviously if we have time and things like that, right? But I'm not just going to kind of accept the first like, oh, yeah, it's good or whatever, right? I know for me, uh, there was one chunk of my life that was particularly hard, uh, that job stuff and personal stuff, right? And people would often ask me at the job that I had then, they'd say, hey, how's it going? And I would say, ah, living the dream, right? And it was always that, I don't know why, I don't know where that came from, but that was my like, I'm going to kind of make you laugh and then get out of here because it's like kind of sarcastic and we both knew it was kind of sarcastic, right? But like, then I could get out of there, right? But there were some people who would say like, oh, uh-huh, that's kind of funny, but like how, really, how's it going, right? And that's a very different thing to, to kind of ask deep, right? And all three of those, those last three things require me as the, the person who is having the conversation or as the, the faith leader or whatever, right, to be pretty present in terms of I'm not already jumping ahead to uh, whatever else I need to do. I'm not like trying to get out of that conversation quickly. I'm not um, more worried about my response than listening, right? All three of those kind of fall in that present um, range. Okay, so the, the second kind of chunk of that was non-judgmental, right? And what this means, it doesn't mean I'm never going to have an opinion about anything. And it doesn't mean never have any negative judgments. It means I'm going to opt for curiosity as opposed to judgment, right? So if you come to me and you say, hey, I've been feeling really anxious recently, or I've been struggling with anxiety, right? I'm not going to assume that I immediately understand and jump to a judgment about that and the solutions and things like that, right? I'm going to opt for curiosity, right? And so when I talk about not assuming you understand, one of the, the most helpful phrases I've ever learned both in ministry and in like a clinical context, right, is what's that experience like for you, right? Because if you come and you say, hey, I've been experiencing a lot of anxiety recently, that means different things to everyone, right? If I talk about having anxiety, that might mean something different than you and something different than uh, the person that you know, right? And so I'm going to kind of ask a little bit more, right? Like, what's that experience like for you? What, what, what else is happening? What do you mean by that, right? Um, so that I can kind of get underneath and, and not just assume that I understand and talk as if I understand, kind of respond, give advice, things like that, that doesn't meet and isn't relevant to whatever's happening with you, right? Because that then, okay, then the person shuts down and says, okay, they don't, they don't actually understand, never mind, this was pointless, right? And then probably less likely to, to reach out to someone again. Um, be prepared by that. Um, I mean, some of that has to do with uh, getting some knowledge and things like that that we talked about earlier. But also, if if I'm opening the door to these conversations in my faith community, right, uh, what happens if somebody really needs to talk and they start crying, right? Is there somewhere that we need to kind of step out or there's some, some places we can go? Um, does my faith community have certain uh, protocols if someone talks about this thing or that, if somebody talks about uh, being abused, do we have, like, do I need to tell someone that? Like, is there somebody that, that I'm supposed to talk to about this? Things like that, right? Uh, what if somebody talks to me about having suicidal thoughts and they're kind of like actively in crisis, right? If I, if I have no idea and I've never even considered any of those possibilities, I'm, I'm going to freak out probably in that moment, right? Because instead of being able to listen, my mind is going to be racing in terms of who do I need to get? What do I need to call? Do I need to, oh, I can't leave them. What do I do? Like, who do I, right? But if I, if someone comes to me and says, hey, I'm, I'm having this kind of crisis 
and I say, okay, I know, I know where our resource sheets are that we can refer people. I know some, some local places that we can refer to for crisis or for counseling or whatever, right? Or I know, you know, kind of how to know, right? Like I can just from a physiological standpoint, I won't be as like caught off guard and freaked out. And uh, from a cognitive standpoint, I'm not going to be trying to figure out 17 different things. I can say, okay, I kind of know what next steps are. I can, I can be present here and not rush to a bunch of different things, right? It's important to remember that this, the, the calmer you are, the safer another person feels, right? Just that's how like our, our um, physiology works is like if I'm kind of emotionally activated, you can sense that and then you also are, right? And so it's this idea of co-regulation, right? Like if I can stay pretty calm uh, and just not treat what's happening as a crisis, right? Because if I treat what's happening as a like you have come to me with something, I treat it as a crisis and freak out. Again, you are never going to come to me again uh, because what you've learned is when I confide in a person about this, it is a terrible experience. They freak out and then that freaks me out. And that, right. So we want to kind of not go that route. And then the third, the third one of that definition, the third part of that definition from Dr. Baynock was with no agenda except to be there, right? And this, this requires kind of some internal work, right? So uh, for example, this one says, know your limits, right? Uh, if someone comes to you and talks about something that you say, this is way out of my depth, I, I have no idea, uh, not acting as if I have the answers or feeling like I need to, right? And this is where that agenda kind of comes in. I need to be able to wrestle with the fact of, if I feel like I need to have an answer and I need to uh, solve your pain, explain your pain, wrap it in theology so that like, it's nice and neat and you can leave, or if I need you to leave feeling a ton better, right? Like, if I'm very uncomfortable with you being upset in any way, that is my own agenda getting in the way of being able to be here and create a safe space for you, right? Because then my goal is, isn't really to help. My goal is how do I stop you from crying? How do I get you back to normal so that I can go do my other thing? How do I um, solve this issue so that when I go home, I feel like, well, I did a good job that, right. All that is my own agenda, but I can, I can set that aside if I can like honestly kind of wrestle with that. And so for this one, talking about knowing your limits, what are the things that once we get past this point, right. Uh, I probably need to refer out things like that. Say like, Hey, you should also talk to a therapist, things like that. Right. If you're talking about feeling really depressed and, it is past the point of functional impairment, right? Like you are so depressed recently that you literally aren't getting out of bed and you can't go to work and it's like ruining your whole life. That's probably at a level where like I can play some role as a faith leader, but I also need to involve potentially some like clinical side, right? So I'm going to make sure that I know my limits on that. Uh, practice, right? This one sounds a little silly, but if I, and I know we're not in person, but if we were in person and I broke you off into pairs and I said, hey, I want you to alternate uh, telling the other person, hey, thanks for meeting with me. I've really been thinking about suicide recently, right? I need to practice hearing that and knowing what my reaction is, right? So that I can be comfortable or more comfortable, right? We're not going to probably be 100% comfortable, but I can be more comfortable in terms of that calm, like I know how to respond aspect. I'm not caught entirely off guard. Um, I don't communicate like um, 
one of the ministries that I used to work for called it shock face, right? Like if you tell me something and I go, Oh no, what that's, you know? Um, and so that I can do my own work, right? Practicing helps us doing our own work. So if, if there's a certain thing that if I came to you and I said, Hey, I'm really having, really having trouble with, uh, substance abuse, right? Like I'm drinking a lot and I'm really concerned about that. And you feel internally a sense of anger you need to know what that's about, right? Is there something in my past or right? Like I need, I need to be able to, you need to, I'm messing with the pronouns a little, right? But like as the helping person, I need to be aware of what's happening within me and know that that's, that's within me and I can sort that out at some point, right? But practicing is going to help so that I'm not kind of doing it live, so to speak, right? And when I talk about, um, doing your own work, this, ha- this needs to happen in a pretty particular context, right? Um, if my warning light, my check engine light on my car comes on, um, there's, there's people that I trust to take that to, whether it's professionals or people who have worked with cars enough to know what to do with that, right? So people who have done that type of work themselves or professionals, I'm not going to take it to, uh, you shouldn't take it to me, right? If your check engine light comes on, you shouldn't bring me your car. I'm just taking wild guesses and we might mess up the car even further, right? So the the same type of thing here, right? Like your own kind of internal emotional work, the way that you react to things needs to be done with people who have either done a bunch of that work in themselves and you can kind of tell that, right? Or a professional, not just random people, whoever happens to be around and expect that that that's going to be super beneficial. Obviously, talk to people about things, but you know what I mean? Um, So doing your own work so that we're not kind of working out our emotional wounds on people who are coming to us for help, right? Because that's, that's not good ministry. Okay, so some people uh, are going to ask, like, okay, but how does all this actually help, right? And my, my answer is, uh, if you look at this, right, the, the common threads that run through most mental health type related things and just human pain and suffering in general, right, are, as, as Dr. Vanderkolk says here, right, uh, trouble creating relationships, so uh, interpersonal connectedness, right? or difficulties in kind of regulating arousal, things like that, right? Uh, so if we, if we flip that around, we talk about creating safety and fostering connection, right? We're making sure that people feel safe and that they uh, are being connected, right, with us and with other people. And in doing that, and there's a longer explanation that is for another time probably of how this, this breaks out in my brain, but uh, if we can do those both well, then long-term, what we're doing is facilitating healing and promoting resilience, right? And again, here's just another quote, uh, being able to feel safe with other people, right? So again, safety and connection is probably the single most important aspect of mental health. Safe connections, safe connections are fundamental to meaningful and satisfying lives, right? So uh, that's that's uh, all I've got. If you want to connect with me, I'm sure there's links, but uh, you can find me all over the place at robert-war.com. That will connect you to whatever else you want to find. And then like I mentioned, that podcast, CXMH podcast 
www.thecreativeshift.com. You can find it there or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, thank you so much. I hope to, to hear from some of you. If you want, feel free to reach out with any questions, things like that. Um, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the summit. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening to the CXMH podcast. Want to score some major brownie points? Leave us five stars and an honest review on iTunes. Follow us on social media at CXMH Podcast and email us with questions, comments, and interview requests at CXMH Podcast at gmail.com.